to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening and making commitment to your learning. We hope that you are doing well. I am one of your hosts, Yvonne Brandenburg, joined by the amazing and wonderful and super talented Jordan Porter. Hi. Sup, girl? So many things, but <laughs> another day. I know. I'm like, it's June. <laughs> I know. How are you enjoying the uh, kid-free time? You know, it's actually been pretty great. Like, <laughs> I miss them a ton. Um, but like to see them like have fun and like actually get to like get to know like their grandparents that they don't get to see very often is nice. And and it's just it's been nice to like have a week where I can not have responsibilities too much. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like I was thinking about it when we were chatting earlier. I was like, Matt works late tonight. And so I was like, that means I'm in charge of dinner. And then I was like, wait a second. I was like, I don't have to feed anybody but myself. <laughs> I nice. Like, I know. I was like, this is amazing. So now, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I know. I was like, what can I have for dinner? I was like, that, I mean, that means I can have a Hot Pocket for dinner. <laughs> like, it's just. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. You probably just have leftovers, but still. <laughs> like, I have possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Super easy, then. I could not have dinner if I don't want to at all. I could have a bowl of cereal. It's like, it's just. Oh man, the world is your bowl of cereal. <laughs> I, know, I know. So it's been interesting. Um, I I don't know if I told you that I bought like snails to go in my pond, my duck pond. No. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of snails. Well, I bought technically I bought 50 snails, but only like 12 of them were actually alive. So like I got oh, no. my and like I, I was like, I understand. I was like, I get it, like shipping animals yeah. to snail, like um but the ones that did survive I just like I had them in a little kiddie pool with my duckweed that I was growing and then I put some of them in the pond but I missed a handful of them because I was like oh I guess I didn't see you guys because they're really small Mm. water snails um and like so I was like all right cool I missed three of them I was like man they've gotten really big and then so I picked out the three that I thought I'd missed today and like put them in the regular pond but turns out there was five so I grabbed the five of them and then I'm just like looking through and there's like a million babies and I was like oh I guess oh. I'm doing nails now uh, which is really good though because my pond is getting pretty algae and I don't think that the 10 that were originally in the pond like could keep up <laughs> like, right interesting so so you got them for like algae and for the ducks to eat I'm guessing the ducks can eat them like <clears throat> the fish that I'm trying to put in there like minnows and goldfish and stuff will eat them too um but my ducks are eating the fish faster than my fish can eat the snails and so <laughs> oh my god that's so crazy I actually do think I still have enough minnows alive like I did my research guys like I obviously <laughs> like I just <laughs> researched something I like I bought bladder snails because they are uh, hermaphrodites and so they can reproduce just by themselves and they reproduce very easily. Um, and so like all the little babies that are in there now are just because I left a few in there for a week. It was only a week. And like I blocked off my pond pond for a week that all my minnows were in because it only takes 
uh, four to seven days for them to like start spawning and stuff like that. So I had my pond blocked off, I think for like 10 days just to allow things to like reproduce. Mm. So, That's crazy. I know I'm learning life cycles. It's pretty great. <laughs> I know we're kind of talking about like, okay, well, what's the plan for this next year? Like, you know, we got, well, we have to fence a bunch of stuff. So that's going to be the, that's going to be the determining factor on like what we put where and when. Um, Cause we have to like figure out fencing. And then because we do have like power lines on the property, like we have to make sure that they can still access it as needed yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. Um, it's, we were joking though. Cause like, there's a lot of like, grass and weeds growing right now like everywhere like it's just everywhere right because it's spring summer mm-hmm. um and I'm like can we just rent some goats from someone just come in and mow things down and then be done for the moment <laughs> right it'll take me a couple days to yeah. get there but I can bring mine <laughs> oh, okay nice yeah yeah no I don't know uh because we don't have a lawnmower so that kind of sucks but it's kind of cool right now because there's so many wildflowers. Like it's crazy how many wildflowers there are. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to send you some pictures because there's a lot of different kinds. Um, and they were just, they were here. So it's not like I didn't, I didn't sow any seeds this year. That's, that'll be next year. Um, I have plans for just having like one area, just be wildflower, like whatever. We we can do a spinoff podcast and call (laughs) The Jordan and Yvonne homestead adventures. <laughs> <laughs> we totally. Could. Oh my god, he's so funny. I made jam yesterday, like candid and everything. Like, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Six jars know. of strawberry jam, and then four jars of blueberry jam. Wow, my blueberry jam came out more like blueberry jelly because I cooked it a little bit too long, but still. Huh. And my strawberry jam is a little bit more on the syrup side than the jam side, but still, like I'm learning. <laughs> That's so funny. And I told you guys about my dandelion honey that I made, which is fantastic on cornbread, by the way. Uh, ooh, yeah, nice. And what I've made vanilla extract and butter and coffee creamer, and I grind my own coffee now. And um, yeah, we could we could totally do that. It's so funny how country we've become in like a year and a half. Year. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, got like like, yeah. I got I got six six duck eggs in my uh fridge right now. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I mean I have store bought eggs still because we don't have anything yet. <laughs> so we're still trying to figure out what we want. That reminds me if I, I got to ask my brother when I meet him to go get my kids back, if he wants some, he has like, so he has chickens too, right? Cause this is the only thing him and I talk about. Right. Uh, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> but his rooster is like one of those, like all black roosters, like super pretty, but like mm. all black. <laughs> like, huh. And so he hatched a bunch of eggs and all of the chicks are black. And so right. <laughs> like. I was like, you need some um, color variety in your flock. I was like, so I got to, I got to get with him and see if he wants some of my eggs to incubate and hatch because like, I have like all the colors of chickens. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. Cause you can refrigerate eggs for a couple of days and still incubate them. So. That's crazy. 
dude, the amount of stuff I've learned my next project. Well, I don't know. Podcast listeners hold me accountable because my next plan next year is to beekeep, but I'm not sure if I'll be ready by next year. <laughs> Ooh, that's one of the things that we want to do. But like the research I've started, like it's, it's not like just throwing goats in my yard. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. I know some people are like, it's super easy. And I'm like, what? what? It's super easy once you get it established. Yeah. Is what yeah. I'm finding. It's the getting it established and then learning how to like maintain it. Because like bees are just, they're bees. They can just like be like up and like deuces later, like whenever they want. Like just Dude, like- you and you and I should take, um, there's a course. I know I've looked into it. There's so, one at I'm- Oregon State I'm- University. I'm the queen of looking up just miscellaneous courses I can take. <laughs> I'd like that. Um, there's a lot of like homesteading projects I want to do. I'm telling you, Yvonne, like we should really do like a homesteading journey thing. That would be kind of fun just for us. And who cares if anybody listens? Yeah, I don't care if anybody listens. Like it's literally just like. I think can- it would be funny to like see how many technicians are kind of doing it. Oh, I bet so many. And I bet we would learn so much from other people. (laughs) We have other like people on just to to chat. We should totally, okay. We should totally think about this. I know we should start a Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) The tech homesteaders. Homesteading vet professionals. Oh my God. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. I guess we'd want doctors too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this week, uh, let's see. Oh, big thing. So this episode comes out on a Tuesday, the following Saturday. So June 10th, 2023, uh, we are going to be doing our blood transfusions lecture. So uh, we are opening this one up free to everyone. Uh, You do not have to be a member for this one just because we felt bad that we were slacking for a while. So this one's going to be a freebie this month, but um. So if you want to learn about blood transfusions, definitely join us June 10th. And that is, I think, 1130 Pacific and 230 what, Eastern. Yeah. Um. So definitely go check out our page, internalmedicineforvettext.com. And if you go up to, so if you go to internalmedicineforvettext.com and you click on the earn CE with us, um, if you go to events, uh, you'll see you'll see it listed there and it'll, it'll tell you how to uh, register for the CE. So go ahead and um, check that out. You can always join our newsletter too. And we'll, we'll make sure to get um, a reminder out in the newsletter for you guys, um, just in case you want to sign up. The other thing in June, June is ACVIM month. So this year uh, we're going to be in Philadelphia. (laughs) Jordan is not gonna be there <laughs> um so unfortunately uh you won't see jordan but you will see me i'll be there i'm lecturing on thursday about impa so you can definitely say hi um i'm super excited because i there's a bunch of people that i haven't seen in over a year um that i get to say hi to again um i love our peeps so please, please, please say hi if you're at the conference. Um, I love meeting people that are nerdy. So yeah, that's, that's the ACBIM update. Um, let's see. So this week is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a 
fun kind of weird topic. Um, so it's estrogen toxicity. Um, and this is, this is one of those, like, I guess like all of them that we've kind of talked about, it's typically going to be accidental exposure. Um, and we'll talk about the different ways, but, uh, there was a, it was, (laughs) I've seen a patient with estrogen toxicity, which is why I was like, oh yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Um, I don't think Jordan has, I think you haven't seen zero estrogen toxicity exposure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I I kind (laughs) of, right. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of went through and I was like, all right, you know, where do I find information? And and there's not a ton of information out there, surprisingly. Um, so it is not as common. (laughs) Um, but it's also one of those, like, I wonder how many people don't even notice it kind of thing, because it's not, it's not commonly like deadly. How's that? So it's, uh, it's one of the safer toxins. <laughs> it is one of the safer toxins we think. Uh, well, yeah, I'll dive into it. So educate the article me, that I'm, what was that? I said, educate me, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So the article that I used mainly um, came from the Canadian Veterinary Journal. Um, it's called in- uh, Estrogen Induced uh, Myelotoxicity myelo excuse me toxicity in dogs a review it was published in 2009 so actually quite a while ago um but basically when we're talking about estrogen toxicity um there's there's a couple of ways that that and it's usually dogs it's, it's not typically cats um at least not that we know of. <laughs> um, so usually the ways they get it is, e- is either ingesting um, like birth control pills or urinary incontinence medication or um, by absorbing it through their skin when when usually women, but it can be men as well. Um, when people apply the um, estrogen gels onto their skin or the creams, and then dogs or cat, well, I'm going to say dogs for this episode. The dogs um, yeah, either, um, you know, are picked up and held or hugged or they um, lick it off their skin, anything like that, where it's like it transfers. It, it's transdermal. So it's like anything you can imagine transdermal yeah. would would cause it. Because one of the places- My dogs like 1000% would like- expose themselves to this because i i got oh, yeah. a spider bite on foot the other day from changing out the hay bale and like it was pretty like it was pretty rough <laughs> but like, <laughs> so it was, like hydrocortisone cream on it and stuff like that and like all of my dogs like as soon as i put it on and i sit on the couch they were trying to lick it off i was like it's cortisone cream like knock it off like yeah 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 well and it's it yeah i mean that and that's the thing is like some dogs more than cats cats don't usually do it but i've I had a couple dogs will especially yeah. if they're super like licking of the skin like that's where they get it and and especially because i guess a common place to put it is on their arms um so mm-hmm. if, you know if you're if, if your dog licks your arms or you pick them up that way or you hug them or anything like that like you could transfer it so kind of interesting but um so estrogens are considered a steroid compound um it's 
usually made by the ovaries. Like that's of course how we kind of think of it, but there are some other places in the body. So there's uh, testicles, the adrenal cortex and the placenta. Those are kind of the next in line as far as like how much is being produced. And then other random sites, which is crazy to me is liver, muscle, fat, and hair follicles. So that blows my mind (laughs) that those are also places that estrogen is produced. Obviously we don't work in human meds. So this is weird to me. (laughs) I feel like the fat though, honestly, is almost like that. Like it makes sense now, right? Because like when our hormones go all wild, when we reach a certain age and like all of us women just gain weight and like, Mm -hmm. because of like fluctuations in our hormones and stuff, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And then it affects our hair and stuff, man. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, um Sorry. precursors I know, right? So precursors for estrogens um are androstenedione, <laughs> testosterone and then estradiol 17-beta um and estrone. So those are kind of your endogenous estrogens um in most species of, of animals. Right. So, <laughs> um, the, so estrogens in the body, kind of their big things that they do is obviously normal growth and development of, uh, female gonads, which, uh, duh. <laughs> um, development of your secondary sexual characteristics. So, um, Uh, the duct growth in your mammary glands, your body conformation, hair growth. So that makes sense. It also kind of does the, the estrus cycle. So our clinical signs of that, um, your uterus contractions, uh, bacterial activity in the uterus, which is crazy. Um, it also sensitizes our uterine muscles to oxytocin, um, relaxes pelvic structures. Again, this is all like birthing stuff. Um, <laughs> it softens the pubic synthesis and enlargement of general perineal area during partition. <laughs> um, it also helps with skeletal growth, maintaining your skeletal um, system, system uh, vasostimulation. So it deals with your blood vessels. It also deals with skin, which... I think we all know that because we've gone through puberty that your skin is a hundred percent in league with your hormones. <laughs> and it also increases coagulability of blood, which is kind of crazy that estrogen does that as well. I'm like, it's crazy. Um, so, so the natural estrogens that we find um, are produced from urine of pregnant mares and women. Also the adrenals and testes of stallions and the human placenta and amniotic fluid. Yum. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, this is what we smear on ourselves. So great. This is why dogs lick us because they're like, mm, urine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry. It just makes me laugh. 
Um, so some of the synthetic ones are going to, they're going to have the same effects as the natural ones, but the ones that we kind of, the, the big one I think of is DES. So diethyl stilbestrol. Um, did you, you had patients on DES before, right? Yes. Yeah. And I know like DES, I think is pretty potent, um, compared to some of the other ones. And I know not all patients do well with DES. So there is that. Uh, yeah. So DES and then the other, some of the other there's, well, there's a long list of (laughs) other synthetic ones. Uh, but there's this one's, this one's my favorite esters of estradiol, such as benzoate, cypionate, propionate, valerate, ethanonate, undeclinate I don't even know how to say these Um, but it's interesting because they're produced from coal tar derivatives which is crazy and some other steroids so yeah synthetic estrogens um some clinical uses of estrogens so in humans um obviously contraception we think of the contraceptive pills so eating a bunch of those is a type of exposure for dogs, um, postmenopausal hormone replacement. So that's where they use the gel. And, and that's again, um, type of, um, exposure primary hypogonadism. So if like they're not growing appropriately, we can do supplementation, vaginitis, prostate cancer, um, dysfunctional uterine bleeding, acne, I don't even know what this one is. Hurst, Hurstuism. I don't know what it is. Um, it can be used to prevent heart attacks, osteoporosis, bone cancer, and also um, postpartum lactation just to kind of calm things down if we're producing too much. So estrogens do play a lot of roles in people. And there's there's a lot of reasons for people to be using um, estrogens in the household. In dogs... We can use uh, estrogen to terminate a pregnancy. Um, We can use it. And I think this is where we use it the most is for urinary incontinence. Um, If they have a false pregnancy, we can use estrogen. Um, We can induce estracycle. If a dog has anal adenoma or prostate hypertrophy, testicular tumors, we can also use estrogen. hormone so estrogen hormone to kind of help with that and same kind of thing postpartum lactation just getting it to stop if we need to so it's kind of crazy that there are these reasons to be using it uh i definitely think in my practice like urinary incontinence is like the big one um as well as uh um, prostate hypertrophy. That's like internal medicine. Those are kind of the two that we deal with. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I definitely the, the, uh, urinary incontinence. I was like, why am I blanking? <laughs> You're like, what did we use it for? <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, so f- kind of like what we're using for, so Estrogen can be used for unwanted matings. And basically what happens is 
you would give the estrogen and what it does is it, it prevents the closure of the tubal uterine junction. Um, so in essence, the egg would not stay in the uterine area. Um, however, because, um, there's so many issues with estrogens, they don't really recommend it because of a couple of things. So first is, um, there are some uterine changes that happen and pyometra can be a result. Um, then the other thing is a lot of dogs, even if they do have, uh, they call it mismatching, <laughs> which is mismatching. funny. Mismatching or they get it on. <laughs> they tend to be non-pregnant typically. Um, another reason is there's progesterone receptor blockers, um, that can, um, terminate the pregnancies at any stage without, with, with less side effects. There's, you know, there's some thought that there's not really a safe or effective dose for estrogens. So that might be an issue. And then fatal myelotoxicity due to administration of estrogen. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so there was a study that did say that a single dose of estradiol, um, five days post ovulation could be okay without any side effects, but it's like, I don't know, don't want to do it if you don't have to, there's a much easier way to prevent mismatching reading, you know, like online, like, <laughs> giving pet advice the amount of people who actually do ask for like they call it the morning after pill for dogs and I was like I had to do research on it when I first started working like from home because I was like I didn't like realize this was a thing <laughs> like I didn't I mean it, it, it is and it isn't I don't I think a lot of doctors I've never met a vet who does it I worked in a clinic where uh I worked with a reproduction specialist and yeah. yeah and she i think she did it for a couple of patients but it was like they had to be super established and there was a lot of conversation because it's like it that was like one of those like somebody busted into the yard or a dog got out and that's what happened but it you know again just spay and neuter your dogs <laughs> yeah problem solved anyways <laughs> So exogenous estrogens used for therapeutic purposes or endogenous estrogen, um, such as like a functional Sertoli uh, cell tumor or ovarian granulosa cell tumor that has actually been shown to cause bone marrow toxicity in dogs. So, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, um, that the estrogen can actually really be bad um you can see things like thrombocytopenia anemia leukocytosis or even leukopenia just from too much estrogen um and it, i mean like i guess like this is where in like human medicine where they talk about like strokes or stuff like that for women like yeah it is possible right um, the problem is if you do have a patient that has bone marrow toxicity, 
even with like really intense therapy with blood products and platelet rich transfusion, uh, antibiotics, steroids, bone marrow suppression or stimulants and all that stuff. It actually is a really poor prognosis. Um, and that's just, I think because it takes so long for the bone marrow to recover, um, that it's just hard to keep up with it. Um, because of the risk of uterine diseases, so pyometra, all that fun business and the aplastic anemia, they, they don't really recommend using estrogen. Hmm. So, um, but we're going to talk about some toxicity now. Um, so toxic consumption of estrogen. So in dogs, usually um, anything more than one milligram per kilogram of estrogen may be toxic. Um, Most oral contraceptives typically have about 0.2 to 0, sorry, 0.02 to 0.05 milligrams of estrogen per tablet. And let's see if I can do my math here. 0.05 times 30. So if they eat a full package of it at the 0.05 mgs of estrogen per tablet, that's one and a half milligrams for a whole package. Um, so that just kind of gives you an idea. Um, dog size. So for anything under 10 pounds, for example, Toxic dose is anywhere above 0.45. So if you think about like a small chihuahua, right? And they eat an entire package of contraceptive. Well, if that's a 1.5 milligrams in the whole thing, like that's three times the toxic dose versus if it's a hundred pound dog, right? Um, They need 41 milligrams. And so, you know, eating a whole package, isn't going to be crazy toxic to them. So Dosing is, is key on this. <laughs> like it seems to be with everything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so there's, it's, it's interesting. There's, um, there's a lot of variances as far as like things that you can see with a patient that does get into estrogen. Um, it also develops, or excuse me, it also depends on if they're sensitive to estrogen or not. Um, so clinical science could be that they're completely normal, right? So like if you have a, if you need 41 milligrams of estrogen to cause toxicity, but you ate one and a half, like you would be completely normal, right? On up to like potentially collapse <laughs> if you're little and it's a problem. Uh, affected animals typically show a complete loss of appetite, exercise intolerance, vulvar, vulvar edema, Vaginal bleeding, pallor, dyspnea, hematuria, melana, fever, unilateral or bilateral epistaxis, petechiation of the skin and mucous membranes. It's all the bleeding stuff. Hmm. So less common clinical signs is going to be edema around the mouth. Um, So I'm guessing that's more of like an allergic reaction Uh, or around the perineal area. Alopecia, mammary hypertrophy, head tilt, bilateral nystagmus, 
sign of feminization in males and estrus behavior um, and coitus with failure to conceive in females. Huh. Which is crazy because the dog that we saw in our clinic, it was an older dog. And all of a sudden she started developing um, like her mammary glands started developing and she was spayed and we were like, and, and mom's like, she looks like she's, you know, pregnant. And like, so she had big mammary glands. Her Volvo was really big. You know, like you think of like those dogs that are in heat. Like, that's kind of what she looked like. And she's like, she's spayed. We don't understand what's going on. And like, she was losing fur and all sorts of crazy stuff. Wow. And, uh, and we talked to mom and we figured out it was estrogen toxicity, um, which is crazy because my doctor, she's kind of crazy brilliant. She also used to work in Florida. And so apparently in Florida, she saw a lot of estrogen toxicity. And I was like, what? I don't understand. And she's like, yeah, there's a lot of retired people in Florida. And so um, a lot of estrogen hormone therapy replacement. And she was like, it was super common for people to like put it on right after a shower or something like that or in the shower. And then the dogs would lick up the water in the shower or lick it off of the walls in the shower and get estrogen toxicity. And I was like, huh? So there has been some uh, reported vaginal prolapse in dogs um, after a single dose of administration, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, and then just signs of like pyometra, right? If we're worried about it. So vulvar discharge, abdominal distension, vomiting, polyuria, polydipsia, um, you know, the normal pyometra stuff, which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. So diagnosis of estrogen toxicity or estrogen exposure, um, is obviously if they've had known estrogen administration, right? That's the most common one, um, a physical exam, clinical signs, history taking, and then hematolo hematologic findings. I think, I think getting a full history is big. The one thing that's difficult about, you have to be sensitive when asking clients about hormone replacement therapy, because mm -hmm. that is their medical information. Right. So is that <laughs> so you definitely have to be like hey, so she you know or they if it's a boy dog boy dogs you know they're they're showing signs potentially of estrogen exposure um so you, you know you just got to be sensitive <laughs> um so if you are doing estrogen administration, like for, you know, mismating or something like that, just making sure that we are looking at a CBC and some um, other um, just clinical signs and stuff for at least three weeks after um, administration, just to com help confirm the diagnosis that, yes, this is what's going on. Um The other thing to do is just to make sure that we're doing like abdominal radiographs or an ultrasound just to make sure that there isn't an estrogen producing tumor mm -hmm. um, or, you know, pyometra that, that we have to be kind of looking for. 
That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, bone marrow aspirate is going to be, you know, looking for any necrotic lesions, um, inflammatory response, those kinds of things, especially if they're receiving high doses of estrogens. Um, if we, in an advanced stage of estrogen toxicity, like it's been going on for a long time, bone marrow biopsy can actually show hypocellularity. So not a lot of cells present, um, with a depletion of all of our, um, hematopoietic cell lines. So not good. It's like everything's gone. Right. Um, differential diagnosis is going to be pancytopenia from like toxins, drugs, infection, neoplasia. I am, uh, excuse me, immune mediated diseases, um, myelodysplasia, bone marrow necrosis, osteosclerosis, and, uh, myelofibrosis. So, you know, all the immune or excuse me, all the bone marrow affecting things. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it is. I mean, Hopefully, well, you don't have to worry about this. Doesn't happen super common, but uh, some of the like, treatments sounds like horrible. Do they do bone marrow transplants in dogs? I don't think so. I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of it either. But I was just curious. You know I think I, the I think the problem is that, like you'd have to do the whole body radiation and then <clears throat> you know keep them separate because you're killing their immune system and then give them stuff. I don't think it happens. You know what I was thinking, uh, or like what I what I saw today. I saw an article and it piqued my interest because, like, you remember this is very random and off topic, but kind of on topic because I've never seen a bone marrow transplant. Remember when we were talking to Liz during the cannabis episodes and like we were learning mm-hmm. so much, right? And I was like, "Do you think because the evolution of or the de-evolution of medicine in the human world, I guess?" Um, Remember how I asked Liz, I was like, do you think that like, because they're investigating so much in cannabis and CBD and THC and stuff like that and how it can help dogs. I was like, do you think they'll extend that where the human world's going with trying to see what shrooms do to dogs? And then I saw an article today that they're doing, like they're studying that. (laughs) Wow. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised either. It's just funny because like we talked about it like six months ago with Liz. And then like, I saw an article that someone was looking into it and like, Maybe so, they listened to you and they were like, Jordan inspired me. Oh, then I need to trademark all of my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so bone marrow transplant could be a thing in the future. I mean, it could be definitely. It's just that. Could you imagine like uh, your dog would have to be hospitalized for weeks? Yeah. Like that's it's like a truly sterile environment. Like. I don't know if they could do it. I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the financial deficits from something like that would even be worth the outcome. Legit. Which is sad to say, because I feel like every dog's life is worth it, right? But it's like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Huh. I think if I think if bone marrow transplants became easier. Yes. quote unquote like, in the human field i think then yes but i think there's just so much it. to it yeah yes maybe they're gonna steer away from bone marrow though and do what like stem cells or i don't know whatever the next big medical breakthrough is <laughs> yeah right anyway didn't mean to get off topic it was kind of- <laughs> <laughs> right 
So um, treatment options, uh, it varies depending on, you know, what's going on. <laughs> so if it's, um, if we could just like remove the estrogen source, like that's going to be the best. So like, for example, the patient I had, um, we just told mom, you know, make sure to keep your hormone replacement therapy away from the dog and, and wash and then cover your body part, whether it's your arm, your legs, whatever, with something. So your dog doesn't lick it off of you and, or get it on their fur and then lick it off of them. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, if we're, if we're talking about a myelotoxicity, then using like whole blood transfusions, um, antibiotics, antigens, steroids, bone marrow stimulants to get them kind of going. <clears throat> the problem is if you leave a dog untreated and they are pretty um, far along, then they're, they're going to be, the prognosis is just super poor, even with like an early diagnosis. So they just really need to be sorted through it. So there is some discussion of using um, testosterone and corticosteroids for um, chloramphenicol-induced or idiopathic acquired aplastic anemia. So they tried that in um, in an Airedale terrier that had bone marrow toxicity. Um, and about two and a half months later, um, their, their CBC was normal. So it did seem like it was working or, well, it seemed like it helped. So there was that, um, there's another drug called lithium carbonate, which can stimulate neutrophil production in people. Um, so this was used in a dog, um, that had cyclic hematopoiesis, which is crazy. So, um, they did have full recovery because it kind of stimulates um, stem cells to be produced, which is kind of interesting. I think it depends on the dose of estrogen that is absorbed or ingested. And then was it just a single dose or was it like chronic over months? So I think it just kind of depends. Um, if you have estrogen induced myelo, uh, myelotoxicity, they really do need to be supported with that. Um, because if you, if you don't help treat them, then they're going to have issues with like infections or bleeding or anemia and all that stuff. So it's just, you know, supporting the, um, bone marrow, um, in some of these dogs that did pass away from estrogen toxicity, there were necropsies done and they did have some, um, kind of a, findings of a swollen spleen with, hypoplastic germinal centers, which is interesting, uh, reduction of the size of their ovaries or testes, enlargement of their prostate or uterus. Um, some had inguinal hernia, so a little bit of that muscle wasting, uh, general depletion of lymphocytes, amyloidosis, and fatty degeneration of the liver. Um, so again, um, it just, it depends on how much of an exposure these patients are getting, but yeah, typically it's a one and done and, and there's not a ton of estrogen these patients are getting, but there is the potential for some pretty serious issues if it's chronic. So that's estrogen. Yeah. I learned a lot, Yvonne. 
<laughs> Did you? You're like, what is this estrogen toxicity? All I can think about is like, I was literally thinking like while you were talking, I was like, man, if I ever have to go on estrogen, where am I going to apply it on my body that the dogs won't lick? I know. I was going through areas in my head and I was like, well, definitely not on my arms or my legs. That's out, like out. Yeah. Like, I guess I could put it on my belly, but that's weird. And then I was like, maybe I could put it on my lower back. I was like, but sometimes I wake up to the dogs freaking licking me in the middle of my, because my shirt came up a little bit or something. And then- Mm -hmm. I guess my I know child. it was crazy. They're like, oh, you could put it on your thighs. And I'm like, except I know so many dogs that like they'll curl up on your lap. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. So I'm like, why are they not going to touch me? Cause yeah, my dogs are, despite the fact that they're 80 pounds, they're always on my lap. Yeah. I can put it on my chest. Maybe it would make my boobs get bigger, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. Know and it works. was crazy because like all this stuff is, it's the same responses in people as it is yeah. in, in dogs if you know so so they even like on most of the package inserts especially for like the creams and gels it does say like wait four hours before you know letting your skin touch anything else so like kids oh, pets good. all that kind of stuff so it's fully dried and hopefully absorbed oh my god um, imagine what a nightmare that would, i'm sorry but like yeah if I was on it and then like my preteen daughter, who's already an emotional like nightmare yeah. for every day. And then, oh my God, I wonder how often that actually does happen though. Well, or like not sat, like grandparents. Yeah. 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 Like it's, oh, man, it's kind of, I know I'm telling you it's crazy. Is that why I was so it. crazy when I was younger? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Your grandparents were hugging you and making you even more hormonal. <laughs> yeah I mean it sounds possible <laughs> yeah but it, here's the thing too is like I mean it, and this is the crazy part like when my doctor was talking about how you know people would go take a shower and that comes off in the water and then the dogs go in and lick the shower water my dog did it all the time she'd always go in and lick the shower water well and Zara me. gets in the shower with me so then mm-hmm. I'm like wow mm-hmm. man yeah, that would be difficult. Yeah. See, like I have a love-hate relationship with transdermal medications for this reason. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I think like, about that, like because um, like methamazole, right? Like, yeah, because there is the toxicity from methamazole, and, yeah. and then it was like wear wear gloves, and I'm like, how what what happens after you apply it? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's still potential to, for to, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, and then like. I don't know. It's just like, it's like those studies of like when viruses transfer, right? So it's like, <laughs> like all the surfaces you've touched and it's like, yes. oh, <laughs> I know. And that's the thing, like in theory, right? You should wear gloves when applying the gel or the cream to yourself. Otherwise it's all over your hands. Yeah. And then you yeah. can pet your dog or your cat or your kid or, you know, put it on your husband. <laughs> So it's funny too, because like Bailey and I just kind of had this conversation the other day because she was asking me about ringworm because we were like hiking mm. through like that. She's like, Am I gonna get ringworm? And I was like, nah, child. I was like, you're like, I was like, ringworm is literally everywhere. And so then I like briefly educated her on ringworm and stuff like that. And um, but I was telling her, I was like, you could touch every anything, everything, spread it, get it, whatever. I was like, but it's like it's an opportunistic fungus, so it's like it just waits to 
decide to affect you or not i was like daddy and connor don't get ringworm but you and i do and she was like blown away by that and i was mm-hmm. like she's like how does that work i was like our bodies are just different i was like yeah. uh, your immune system's a little bit different so then oh, wow. that turned into a conversation of poison ivy because then we saw poison ivy and i was like well and then poison ivy is that thing too because it's an oil right and so like you touch it and then it spreads to the next person because it stays on your body and rubs off as an oil to everything else so bailey and i basically throughout the entire hike we're talking about spreading ringworm and poison ivy to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> touching all surfaces really. i know oh my god speaking of poison ivy oak i don't even know but i have like have these things that i've had for like a month now and previously i've been exposed to poison ivy or poison oak and not had a problem with it but all of a sudden now, I, so I'm wondering like how much I actually got on me because it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty intense. Yeah. I'm surprised that we didn't get it, but, uh, so anyway, poison ivy, mm-hmm. ringworm and transdermal medications are all similar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tip of the week, wash your hands, wear gloves. Don't let your animals lick you if you're on hormone replacement therapy and put your, uh, contraceptives away. Yep. <laughs> all right well that was our estrogen toxicity which jordan wanted to avoid like the plague <laughs> and I, just, I was like i'll talk I'm about it an, i'm not an expert in that i think that's the thing though too so then everybody needs to listen and realize like when they're like oh my god you guys are so smart you've seen it all. like i haven't seen it all like i just i mean i saw it but i also like did my research it's not like this like you don't out of my head (laughs) you don't have to have seen everything to be to know about it so it's just like i just want to remind that professionals that just because you haven't touched it doesn't mean that you can't be an expert about it like i'm not an expert on it girl okay i mean about it i'll talk about it but that doesn't mean that i should be the only resource for everyone yeah Please don't, I guess, the only research resource for everything. It'd be really bad. (laughs) All right. Well, that's enough. Right. (laughs) We're done for this week. On that note. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Keep getting your learn on. Learn about random crazy things that pushes you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> we can end on a um, daily affirmation card. Oh, this, okay. Yep. Does it? I am sense? brave enough to climb any mountain. Yeah, you are. Mm, am I? <laughs> I mean, yes, I am. Got to do the affirmation thing. No, yeah, you have to do it. I am brave enough to climb any mountain. Nice. All right, guys. Well, have a great week. We will talk at you next time. Hopefully you'll join us for our blood transfusions, which is great after this episode. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, when your estrogen toxicity needs blood transfusion, come listen to me talk about blood transfusions. Yeah. Lunch at there you go. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> 2.30, not 2.30. I said 2.30. Oh, it cut out. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast. 
and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.